Section 2 of Is War Diminishing? by Frederick Ames Woods and Alexander Bolsey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Chapter 2 Is War Diminishing? Let us turn at once to the most generalized of our results. The grand averages, as they are tabulated on chart D, by half-century periods from A.D. 1450 to the present day. The impression is, in a moment, obtained that certainly there is a falling off in war. The lines slope downward like the sides of a great mountain chain. It is not a continuous fall, but the lines on the right are on a noticeably lower level than on the left. These lines mark off the percentages of war years by periods of 50 years each. Following the central line, or average, of the other two, we see it rising from 1450 to 1600, when it starts down very rapidly to 1750 to 1800, and rising again for 1800 to 1850. From 55%, the grand average rises to 71%, falls to 28%, rises to 35%, and falls to 22%, the last half century being the lowest of all. If this chart were for the entire history of Europe, from the earliest records to the present day, it would be very satisfactory and conclusive. It would then seem that the time to vote to organise warfare had risen with the development of large national units and declined with the advance of civilization. If our great peak were, say, the 5th century, and our lesser peak to the right were the period of the Reformation, then again it would be very significant. But the chart as it actually stands, does not do more than throw a moderate amount of probability in favour of declining war years. That is because its range of time is not long enough. We would like very much to see the percentages for the centuries prior to the 15th. If these should be found to be as high as, or higher than the period 1450 to 1700, it would be indicative that the drop from 1700 to 1900 presaged a new moment in humanity's evolution and not a minor wave in the long roll of the ages. European war years have been diminishing for two centuries, but it must be remembered that while 200 years seem a long time, 200 years are, as a moment, in the hundreds of thousands of years that mankind has been on this planet. Even if man had existed only 100,000 years, which is a low estimate, if the whole chart is a foot wide, then two centuries make the space between one thirty-second and one sixty-fourth of an inch, and it is with the psychology of war, human instincts, and elemental passions that our problem is bound up. If a year of research will enable one to examine about one thirty-second of an inch of the curve of war, or about one-fifth of one percent of one particular side of the whole problem, how much chance have the superficial philosophers of war, who are so freely expressing themselves, of doing anything more than satisfying their own subject emotions, of making a little money and getting their pictures in the newspapers. Some say that since the inductive method has only given one thirty-second of one inch of a foot, the deductive method is the only one that has any chance. But my reply is that the arguers have not got anywhere. That the little portion of the curve that I have examined is found declining, and furthermore, I should hope that someone will work in the other regions of history and report on other dates. This curve on chart D may be looked at from another point of view, which shows that it is probable 
that water years are declining, but not at all certain. If we divide the whole line into parts of about the same length as the small rising line, 1750-1850, we then get approximately eight parts, three of which are ascending, positive, and five of which are descending, negative. These are the order from left to right. Positive, positive, negative, 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 positive, negative. Anybody knows that a coin might fall head, head, tail, 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 head, tail, without awakening curiosity or comment. But ours is not as meaningless a case as that. Our figures do have some significance, since the pluses are more to the left, and the minuses are more to the right. Also, the minuses exceed the pluses 5 to 3. Next question is, what types of nations has this decline been the greatest? On chart D, the five strong powers, England, France, Prussia, Russia and Austria, are separated from the five lesser powers, Turkey, Spain, Holland, Denmark and Sweden. There it can be seen that it is the stronger nations since 1700 that have devoted the most time to war. Moreover, the lesser nations were once the great powers, Spain, Turkey, Holland and Sweden were active in warfare at the same period that they were politically great. A study of chart B does not make one feel that the vigorous countries have noticeably renounced trial by force. The lines for England, France and Russia would never suggest that militarism is ceasing. All show blunt fluctuations but no tendency in one direction more than another. Austria gives a striking decline. But Austria is certainly not today in the same position of importance relatively to other nations that she was in the 16th century, where we find her fighting 80% of the time. Prussia alone, among the expanding nationalities, exhibits a decline in war years. Yet it cannot be readily believed that modern Prussia has set a shining example of Pacific policy. Her methods have been aggressive, her war swift and important. The time element is not the only aspect of the philosophy of war, although in this research it is our chief concern. So much then for the broader conclusions warranted by our dates of war and peace. It seems worthwhile also to analyse the history of each country by itself, to comment on special characteristics and to indicate some special directions that would seem to repay further research. Especially interesting is the relationship between war and national progress, territorial and other materialistic progress, gains and losses on the economic balance sheet, religious and intellectual awakenings, artistic and literary revivals, all which doubtless have some correlation with war, either negative or positive. It remains for the future to disclose these grand interactions. We can at present do little more than mention a few salient facts as they seem to relate to the causes and effects of warfare. End of section 2